Good evening, everybody, and welcome to New Hope Church. We're so glad that you're joining us, whether you're here in person or online. We're so glad that you are here with us tonight. And if you're here, we just want to continue to remind you that we are still doing our social, our safety protocols. So please wear your mask during worship because it doesn't matter about the mask. It matters about our heart as we praise the Lord. Amen. And so we're going to come together. And before we do that, there's, there's something I wanted to read to us in Psalms 100. And you know, we know that there's a lot of things happening in the world today. But this is what it says in Psalms 100. It says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. That's why we can praise him. So would you join us as we stand and as we praise and worship our Lord, our God.
our praise for you is going to continue to go on and on, Lord. Because, Lord, you, your love endures forever. So let our praise continue to be lifted unto you.
today. May we just speak your name over our hearts, over our minds, over our lives. We speak Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. Because I know there is peace within your presence. I speak
lives over everything that we are. And Lord, we just invite you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit make its presence known in our lives right now. Cover us in your fresh wind. Spirit sound, rushing wind, fire of God fall within. Holy Ghost, breathe on us, we pray. As we repent, turn from sin, revival embers smolder in. Breath of God, friend us into flames. Cause we need a fresh wind, the fragrance of heaven.
amazing is that Jesus said, seek and you will find, ask and you shall receive. I don't know about you, but I really honestly think that there's a need for his Holy Spirit to not just fill a place, but to be poured out on his people. You might be here, you might be online, you might be, you might be saying, Lord, I'm, I'm empty. I'm thirsty. I'm parched. My soul is dry. My heart is broken. I need you. Maybe you're saying you need that in your marriage. Maybe you're saying you need that for your family. Maybe you're saying you need that for your workplace. Maybe you're saying that you need that for the community. Maybe you're saying that we need this in this world, that Holy Spirit, we need you to be poured out on every square inch of this place, on every square inch of our lives. And the Lord is willing. The Lord wants to do it. He's just waiting for the sons and daughters, the redeemed, to ask so that we can be received. So wherever you are right now, would you ask him? Pour your spirit out. Pour your spirit out. Yes, Lord. Pour your spirit out. Lord, that is our prayer right now. As we continue to worship you with our lives, as we continue to praise you for all our days, Lord, we continue to cry out, pour your spirit out over our hearts, over our minds, over our souls and our bodies, over our marriages, 
over our families, over your people, over your world. We need you, Lord. Thank you for loving us and coming because you love us, to save us, to redeem us, to rescue us. May your wind continue to fill the hearts and souls of your people. In Jesus' name, and we all said, amen. We're so glad that you are joining us tonight. Before you have a seat, go ahead. You can, For those of you who are online, go ahead in the comments. You guys can say welcome. For those of you who are here, you can throw shakas or wave hi. And we're going to get ready for Pastor Lindsay to come up and pray for our tithes and offerings. And we're so glad that you're joining us here in person, as well as for those of you who are online. Well, thank you, Pastor Ben and the worship team. We are so glad that you guys are here. Welcome. Welcome to everyone here and everyone online. Thanks for joining us tonight. Um, you know, I get the privilege of praying for our tithes and offerings. And as I was thinking about this um, today, a friend of ours gave our boys money, okay? Don't ever do this. But they gave our boys money, okay? <laughs> and it was fun to watch what happens. Like, people have given them money before, but, like, sent it in cards and stuff. So they've never actually, like, seen it, you know? Like, we, I mean, we don't keep it. We, like, buy them things. And, you know, don't think I'm a terrible parent. But anyway, so they got money. They got cash, right? And I watched our boys receive this and take it out of the envelope. And I kind of was watching what they were doing. And so our oldest one, he takes it out and he says thank you to the person who gave it to him, right? And then he runs. I said, what are you going to do with it? And he runs into his room, and he gets his jar that he keeps his money in, okay? All the money he gets from all the teeth that he loses and the coins that he finds, right? So he gets his jar. He puts his money inside. And then I watch our three-year-old, okay? <laughs> so our three-year-old opens the envelope, and he's like, oh, money, right? <laughs> and he's like, five and 20 like he sees the money and then I watch what he does and I'm like so curious like hey what is he gonna do with it right and he takes it and as our older son is like opening his his jar our little one comes running folds his money up and like puts it inside and I laughed only because I'm like huh he just like contributed to his brother's jar. Like he doesn't know, like, bro, that's not your money. Like, you know, he just put his money in someone else's jar and he just gave it so willingly and didn't even think about it, right? And I was thinking about this and I thought, huh, he did it because his brother did it. He saw his brother do it, right? And sometimes when it comes to tithes and offerings, that's what we do. We do it because we see other people do it, and we just think, oh, that's what we do, you know? This is, we give. This is what we do. We go to church. We love Jesus. We give money. And without really understanding, right? He did it because he's following. And then, like, later on I thought about it, and I was like, oh, maybe he did it because he doesn't realize the value of the money he had, right? He doesn't realize oh, I could have bought like 20 Hot Wheels, you know, or I could have bought like some really cool like Nerf gun or water gun or something. You know, he doesn't know, right? Because he doesn't understand the value of money. And sometimes when it comes to our tithes and offerings, it's hard for us because we understand the value of money. We understand the value of money. We understand the necessity of it. And so sometimes it is hard for us to give because of that. And as I was thinking about it, you know, as I watched him do this, 
I was just so challenged. I was challenged by it because I thought, oh man, Lord, I wonder if that's how we are sometimes. We don't understand what we're doing, but we do it willingly, which is cool, you know, but we don't really understand. And so as we um, pray for our tithes and offerings, I wanna challenge us with a few things. My son, my older son, when he first got it, he stopped and he said, thank you. And as we give, when we have this time of offering and giving, we have an opportunity to pause and remember where the source of our money comes from. Yes, we work hard for our paychecks and all of that, but ultimately the source of our money and our sustenance and our provision comes from our Heavenly Father. And tithing is an opportunity to stop and pause and thank Him. Thank Him for that and recognize that because it's easy for us to forget. I don't know about you, but I can think about myself a lot during the day, you know, and like check comes in like, yeah, I did that. But the reality is, is that he did that, right? So tithes and offering, it gives us an opportunity to stop and pause and thank him. And also it's an opportunity to partner with him. It's so cool. We get to partner with him, just like my son partnered with his brother and gave him $25, you know? Like we get to partner with the Lord and watch what he's gonna do with that money. Like he he's gonna take it and we get to be a part of his work on earth and him reaching people here on earth. And that is one of the coolest things. And so tithes and offerings is also an opportunity to say, God, we just wanna partner with you. We thank you, Lord, we're putting you first and we're thanking you and we're partnering and we're stoked to see what's gonna happen with it. And so would you um, bow your heads with me and we're gonna pray for our tithes and offerings tonight. Jesus, we thank you so much. God, we just pause right now and we acknowledge that you are our ultimate provider, that you provide for our every need. God, you are the source of everything. And so thank you. We thank you, Lord. God, as we give tonight, as we give online or as we put our tithes and offerings in that box, God, may we just take a second to pause before you and remember. And God, we also say thank you. Thank you for allowing us to partner with you. You don't need our money by any means. But God, you allow us to partner with you so that your work here on earth may be accomplished, so that your kingdom can be furthered here on earth. Man, God, thank you for that privilege. Thank you for an opportunity like that. So God, tonight as we give, we say, Lord, here is the money. God, would you have your way? Would you do what only you can do? Would you use it to further your kingdom? Would you use it to make yourself famous, to make yourself known? God, would you use it to magnify yourself? God, we love you so much. Thank you for who you are. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I am excited. Um, Pastor Bunny is here. She's going to bring the word. So would you welcome her up? Thank you, Pastor Lindsay. It's been a while. Hi, everybody. Normally, um, I'm online, so I want to say, uh, give a big shout out to our online church. This is what I look like. This is Pastor Bunny. I am super excited because we are in this series devoted to God. And, you know, recently I've been exploring through scripture 
and taking some time to really dig deep and have intentional conversations with the Lord. I've established a routine in my life and that is making space to have open dialogue with Jesus, especially when I'm going through the word of God. So tonight we're gonna have some fun diving into this together. Uh, You'll get a glimpse of how my brain operates and how I approach scripture and why it's so important for us to be intentional about our relationship with Jesus and how that helps us to be on mission with him. So why don't we get ready? Let's welcome his presence. I love how we can come into his throne room when worship, this was, wasn't this a dynamic worship, time of worship, right? And when we sing praises to the Lord, what we're saying is that we're believing in those words that we're speaking. We're singing, we're actually giving praise to someone. And this is the reason why it's so important for us as believers and followers of Christ to be very intentional about who and what we're devoted to. So when we enter into his throne room like we did just now, we are asking for his presence. And so that's what we're gonna continue to do right now. So if you could just bow your heads, we're gonna ask for his presence. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just welcome your presence here tonight whether it's here in this room, whether it's in the homes, or maybe someone's listening to it a year from now. Father, may your presence surround each and every person that hears your word in this moment. We ask for clarity, we ask for wisdom, Lord, and we just acknowledge you as our king. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, tonight's message is entitled, Intentionally Devoted. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. When Jesus was asked about the most important commandment, he made it very simple for us when he said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Then he added, the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Okay, so Jesus made it simple by breaking down the entire law into two to-dos. But just because something is simple doesn't mean it's easy. These two commandments are two of the hardest ones to live by. So open up your Bibles. It is Wednesday night, equipping disciples, so get your Bibles. And we're going to turn to Mark chapter 12, and we're going to take a look at verses 30 and 31. If you're on the app, go ahead and turn there. If you're using your U version, Mark 12, 30. So go ahead and just bookmark that. You can leave that open. <clears throat> We're going to spend tonight planted here in verse 30 and conclude at verse 31. Also, for those of you who are online or those of you that are using the app to take notes, you'll see that there are multiple scriptures that I'll use tonight. They're used as references so that you can go back and discover and explore on your own. You can totally do that. I encourage you to do that. Because when we're in a, the word, what I try to do is like, I'm not just going to take one verse. I'm going to explore because it's from beginning to end. And that's part of the intentionality behind doing devotions. 
or trying to explore what does this really mean? So you may have heard this verse for years. I know I have. And every single time that I come across it, I pause and I, and I do like a self-check. Lord, what is happening in my heart? So I, I take it apart so that I can dive deeper into a more fruitful relationship with Christ. Okay, so that's kind of what we're gonna do tonight. Um, so go ahead, we're going to take a look at our scripture. This is coming out of the NIV and it reads, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second one is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than these. Okay, so let's start. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna start writing down, so I hope you're taking notes. I know you missed me on Wednesdays. You know we love taking notes, okay? So number one is love the Lord. Dear God. Okay, so let's just kind of like take some time and look at this real quick. When you think of the word love, what comes to mind? What comes to mind? Like people, perhaps, something, you know, colors, food. You know, it's easy when somebody says, hey, what's your favorite color? It's easy for me to say purple. I just love purple, okay? When you really think about this, this word, it means basically the things that really bring you joy. What does it mean to you? Who do you love? What do you love? Why do you love it? And most of the time, people will attach love to, the, to an action. How does the world know that we love Jesus? How do we, by the way, we love others. By the way, we love each other, right? So love starts this whole thing out. Nothing can happen without love first. My husband, and Ho, my husband Holy, he absolutely loves me, and I can tell because he knows I don't like camping. I just, I'm not a camper. But his love language is quality time. So what does he do? He goes all out to make sure that I'm super comfortable just so that I can go camping with him. So I'll go. My love language is acts of service. So guess what I get to do? I love to cook for him. And he appreciates that because that guy, when he goes camping, I don't know what he eats. He, he says he can survive on canned goods, but I'm like, not when I'm there. This is how you know, through our actions, we have love. Now, people are usually more willing to sacrifice for those that they love. In June, no, March, I was asked to speak at a Native American coalition in Montana. And I've never been to Montana, so I went, and Montana is gorgeous. It is a beautiful state. And so we were winding down, it was later on in the week, and the friends that I had there were asking me, hey, do you wanna go check out Yellowstone? And I was like, Yellowstone Park? I mean, I always wanted to go to Yellowstone, but how far is it? They're like, well, it's kind of, it's a bit of a ways. So I was like, mm, no, I kinda don't feel like being in a car for like 10 hours. So we decided to do something else. Now, in June, I went back to Montana for our Foursquare Summer Gathering with my best friend of 20 plus years, and guess what she wanted to do? She wanted to go to Yellowstone. And guess what I said? 
Absolutely. Not for one second did I think about the drive. I drove five hours to Yellowstone, we drove in the park, and we drove five hours back. It was the best trip ever. See, love, when you're motivated by love, something shifts inside of you. When we love the Lord, when we really understand what love is, that I'm willing to sacrifice, that I'm willing to put myself out there, something shifts inside of me so it becomes easier. Now, was the drive going to be the same on both trips? Yes. I just wasn't motivated the first time around. And the second time around, it was so much fun that we want to do it again. And I don't mind the 10-hour drive. I really don't. So let's look at this part. We got the love part. The Lord, your God. Lord, your God. What does this imply? It implies that you have chosen God. If he's your God, you've chosen. He can't be Lord if he's not, you didn't choose him. He's not going to force himself on you. God doesn't operate like that. Lord means master. Lord means he's now going to reign and he's sovereign in your life. So you're going to love your master who reigns in your life. And he is your God. It's easy to say yes to salvation. Who doesn't want all their sins forgiven? Who doesn't want to spend eternity in heaven? Everyone wants that. What's not easy is the following Jesus part. That requires sacrifice and surrender. It requires us to remove ourselves from the worldly mentality, the worldly way of thinking. Loving God should motivate us into no longer desiring the world, but to desire the will of the Father. In 1 John 2, 15 and 17, it reads, Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride in possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. You see, in order for us to move on from this part of the scripture, we must first and foremost understand what this part means. Is God your Lord? If so, then he reigns in every part of our lives. Every part. Not just on Sundays or Wednesday nights. Not just when things are going well. But in every part of your lives, that's what it means to love the Lord, your God. What you're saying is that he is the one on the throne, not you. Let's press pause real quick, and we're going to sit for a second, because I really feel like this is a very important part 
of our journey through this scripture, let's ask God, right where you're at, whether you're online or here, take some time and really ask God to reveal to you if there are any areas in your life that he isn't Lord of. It could be our finances, our marriages, our emotions, our health. Maybe it's our parenting, our friendships, or our responses, any area. Let's just take some time. Because this is part of our walk with God, is making sure that we create moments and we create spaces like this for him to reveal to us This is where we get to say, search me, O God, and know my ways. Let him reveal that to you. And then I want to encourage you to write these things down so that you can loop back around after and have that moment with the Holy Spirit and really um, get those things reset. So why don't we just take a few seconds and let's ask the Holy Spirit. remember, God is such a good God. He does, you don't have to do it just right now. He can reveal it to you later as well. But remember, when you're diving into the scripture, create some space for you to really gain some understanding. Go and explore and ask questions. Ask him. Have that dialogue and allow him to reveal those things. Because if there are areas where God isn't reigning, then you're not complete in the sense Um, I explained it to my son the other day, uh, and it sounds a little harsh, but it comes, I mean, it comes off a little harsh. I said, you know, that's what we call lukewarm Christianity, when we pick and choose what we're going to believe and what we're not going to believe. God wants all of us, and he wants to reign in every area, and it's for our own good. It is for our good. So I travel quite a bit, uh, and I was, I do, I, I uh, signed up for the TSA pre-check, uh, and I did this way before COVID, and it's not because I don't like the lines, I mean, that's part of it, but it really is, I don't like taking off my shoes. Uh, I know, I just cannot see myself walking barefoot or even with my socks on a public area. I just think that that's, it just grosses me out. So that's why I do it, okay? Don't judge me, and there's no judgment here. Uh, so there's this one day I was going through, and I'm standing in the line. No one's in the TSA pre-check line. And the agent calls me over, and I go show my things. And... So he clears me, tells me to go, and I'm, I know the routine. I just put my things on the belt and I'm ready to go. And the agent there in, I mean, maybe he just wasn't having a nice day, but he was, uh, mind you, let me just paint a picture for you real quick. Mind you, I have a mask on, so you know it's already hot. And I think I'm pre-menopausing because I have hot flashes every now and then, and I started to get one of those at that moment. And I'm like, oh no, this is not happening. So the agent starts to give me attitude, which I absolutely welcome, okay? He's giving me some attitude, and he's like, 
I don't see your, your, your TSA thing, so take off your shoes. You should know the routine. And I was like, oh, no, I, I'm pre-check. Pre well, I don't see your, your tag. So I open my phone to show my ticket, and it clearly says TSA pre-check. And he's like, yeah, well, you need to go back out and get a tag. I said, you want me to go back out, stand back in line, and go through this all over again? Yeah. Okay. Now, at this moment... At this moment, I'm gonna, seriously. My flesh was tapping on the shoulder of my spirit and said, get out of the way, I got this. <laughs> That's what exactly what was happening. And I was like, Lord, take, Jesus, take the wheel, take the wheel. So I go back out, I do the whole thing, and he gives me the tag, I come back and I'm like, here it is. He goes, okay, well, go, okay? So I go, right, I walk through and it buzzes. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So another agent comes up and says, maybe it's your watch. Okay, so I take off my watch, I put it in, I walk through, it buzzes. So he says, well, I guess you gotta take off your shoes. <sighs> okay. So I go, I take off my shoes, and at this point, I'm having a full-on conversation where my flesh and my spirit are going to war, and I, it's just, and I'm having a hot flash, and I am really struggling right now, okay? And so I go through, I get everything, I sit down, I put my shoes on, I, I finally get my bag, and I'm like, okay, fine. And so as I'm walking, the security guard there says, well done. And I was like, excuse me? Good job. You kept it together. And I was like, oh, Yay. <laughs> so I go upstairs and I take my fan out. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, if I'm only good at a good person at church, then I am not authentically in an authentic relationship with Jesus. If I pick and choose when I'm going to be good, then I'm just performing. I don't want to be a circus clown. I want to be authentic and be in that authentic relationship. And yes, there's going to be those battles. This is why it's so important to lead in your spirit, to be led by the spirit. Because Lord knows if we are in our flesh, bad things happen. We can't always control what happens to us but we can control how we respond. When I put God first, I am able to respond with him. I'm empowered to overcome these circumstances and the need to lash out and find my strength in him. I don't have to walk it alone. That's the good thing about having him as Lord. He's in control, not me. I don't have to be responsible for that when I have him on the throne. When I'm taking apart scripture, I don't cut out what I agree with and what I disagree with. I can't pick and choose which scripture I'm going to apply and which one I'm not going to apply. If I'm choosing to follow Jesus, then I can't remain on the throne of my own life. Jesus needs to be in that position, not me. I don't have the mental or emotional capacity 
to deal with these kinds of things on my own. I'd be like, off with their heads. Just kidding. One of the most famous and important prayers contained in the Bible is the one we see the Hebrew people repeat over and over and over again throughout the Old Testament. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And as for you, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. It is a powerful prayer and one with a lot of meaning packed into just a few words. It's called the Shema, which is the Hebrew word for listen. It is the centerpiece of the last speech Moses gave to the Israelites before they went down into the promised land. After entering the promised land, the Shema became the prayer the Israelites prayed twice a day. And you can find that in Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. All right, so now we're going to move on. Love the Lord your God, and you're taking notes, right? Number one, or number two, because this is number one, <laughs> is love the Lord your God with all your heart. Jesus doesn't just say that our lives will be better if we do this. He doesn't say that these are nice ideas. He says that I must love the Lord my God with all my heart, as if it is essential to my life. And when you think of things of the heart, what comes to mind? Our heart, this is like where we store our emotions what we care about, what we're passionate about. To love God with all your heart means to love God with all your emotions. And some of, sometimes our emotions can get kind of crazy. That's where we really rely on him. Praising him with your happiness, your smile and gratitude is easy when things are going well. Don't you agree? when you receive an answer to prayer or something good comes your way. But what about the times when things aren't so easy or they're not going good? All your heart means at all times. Even when God seems quiet, even when he says wait, and even when he says no. And yes, even when bad things happen. Continuing to love God through it all is a good way to measure how much we trust him. It's a good way to see if he really is on the throne of your life. Loving God at all times is a day-to-day -day learning process. We learn more and more how to do it and keep on doing it each day. This is something that has to happen all the time. It is an action. It is love. It is putting everything into action. The secret of living in every situation is remembering that I can do everything. I can live through anything. And I can even overcome through Christ who gives me strength 
and courage. I can do all things, but not on my own. Only through Christ. Number three. All your soul. To love God with all your soul means that innate part of you that always knew that you were created by a creator. This is like the deepest part of you that just knows there's a God. When you let yourself be still and quiet, something inside of you resonates him. When you look at all of the intricacies of the world, the universe, maybe your body, right? You look at everything created, every piece of you knows. When I became a mom, everything inside of me changed. I couldn't explain this love that I had for my children. I still can't explain it, and they're all adults. It's just there's something inside I can say I, my soul loves them. This is where you have to allow yourself to go even further, past the simple knowing, and let yourself believe that God not only exists, but he loves you enough to send his only son to die and free you from your sins. Your soul takes you much farther than your heart can. It takes you to a solid relationship with the living God. It is your soul that connects to the Father in a real, real relationship. So now that you're trusting in him with your heart and your soul, let's continue to the next area. Not depending on your own understanding as it reads in Proverbs 3, 5. Number four, we're going to love the Lord your God with all your mind. <clears throat> These are, this is the area where your thoughts and all your decisions are made. Everything starts with a thought. Every word, every action, every feeling, everything enters right here. Romans 12, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Transformation begins in your mind. That's where decisions are made. When you decided to follow Jesus, when you said yes to him, I'm wondering if we really were prepared for the transformation that's gonna happen. How do you know a follower of Christ? Because they are truly transformed. You are no longer the same, and you can even tell physically. Like there's something that happens, like you start to behave differently, right? We respond differently. We, we all of a sudden become transformed because we've made a decision to follow Jesus. And when we do that, we allow him to lead and not us. See, I used to believe that just because I didn't graduate from college, that I wasn't as valuable as someone who did. Or maybe because I was a teen mom, that God couldn't use me or he wouldn't use me. I knew that these were lies. 
but I struggled because how the world viewed success. And I was so busy looking at the world and what the world was saying that I was forgetting to look at what God said about me. And just like the days we're living in today, if I take my eyes off of Jesus, then of course I'm going to get distracted again. I'm going to fall back into my old ways and that's what will happen. This has to be a constant daily thing. And I wonder if this is the reason why the Israelites said this prayer over and over and over again. They want it to be repeated, they wanted to repeat it so that they would remember it. When I depend on my own understanding, lies run rampant in my brain. They can pop up at any time. And they can attempt to slow down your walk with God. Loving God with my mind means renewing my mind daily so that I think more of his thoughts instead of my own. So how do I make sure I, I stay on this track? Well, there are some pretty practical things that I do and that I encourage all of us as followers of Christ and as we should do is reading the Bible, reading his word, and diving deep and exploring and having those, that conversation with Jesus. When you study and there's repetition, some of his thoughts go into my brain and dissipate those old lies. I don't have time to listen to the lies because I'm filling my mind with his word. God's will and thoughts are good, pleasing, and perfect. And I need as many of them in my brain as possible. Now I can take a cue from Philippians 4, 8 and replace those lies with thoughts that are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, and virtuous. This is where intentionality is key. I must be intentional about what I think about, what I allow to stick around in my head, and I can pray and ask God to put a hedge of protection around my mind and thoughts, and I admit that a high percentage of my thoughts can become entirely self-focused. But God's word gives me a new and much higher perspective Daily Bible reading will fill my mind so full of good things that there isn't any room left for those ugly lies. Renewing my mind in God's word is an important way of loving him. And last, love the Lord your God with all your strength. This is where the application process is carried out. If I read God's word and I don't obey it, then it means, it does mean no good. If I only put, into, put the words into my brain without putting them into action or practice, it's only information. And that's not gonna help me transform. Taking action enables me to remember what I learned, and it may even help others. Loving God with all my strength means stepping out of faith. It means stepping out of my comfort zone. It means stepping out to help someone. Faith without works isn't much. 
but faith with works can change a piece of the world for the better. Like the other concepts, loving God with all my strength is simple to say, but not always easy to do. So I have to remember that I don't walk any of this out on my, on my own. I have a strength working within me that enables me to keep going forward. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Galatians 2.20. Another way, way of saying, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, your, all your mind, and all your strength, is to seek the kingdom of God above all else. In reality, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength is a simple response. For we love because he first loved us. I love how the Spurgeon Study Bible comments, with all your heart means intensely. With all your soul means sincerely and most lovingly. With all your strength means with all of your energy, with every faculty, and with every possibility of our nature. I love that. We have an opportunity as the church to be the reflection of Christ. Now more than ever, but we can't do it without loving God first. I'm going to call up the worship team at this time. Last week, Pastor Kat's message, part of it, she shared the importance of seeing the bigger picture. You know, my son and I, Ethan, we, we try to spend uh, our Mondays, he has the same day off as me, and so we go and have lunch together, and doing, during, uh, or we go driving, whatever we do. Ethan and I, what we do is we discuss our devotions, we, we ask questions, I like to hear and see things through his perspective. He's 19, and I love looking at the world through his eyes. It gives me clarity and perspective on how to love um, young adults or how to stay relevant and how people understand, because we all have different levels of maturity. And I love doing listening to podcasts where we, we discuss some things. <clears throat> and we were discussing intentionality. We were discussing... What does it mean to love the Lord with all your heart? Because I was asking him questions. And we started to discuss some images that we, were, uh, that we had seen on the internet, especially with, with what's happening in Afghanistan. And it's easy sometimes for us to di get distracted by all the bad that's happening. And I was talking to him and we, my heart was hurting and I, there was this picture of a plane and it was an American plane and it was getting ready to leave and it had all these people running after it, trying to jump onto the wings, trying to get onto the wheel, trying, clawing their way to see if they could get in, but it was too late. There was, they just couldn't, the people on, in the plane couldn't help the people outside the plane. And so we had this discussion and I said, you know, Ethan, as followers of Christ, that's gonna be us one day we're going to be on that plane and there's going to be loved ones that are going to be like, wait, wait, wait. 
I want on. I said, but we're not there yet. You still have today. You have friends that don't know Jesus. We have people that yet to know Jesus and you don't have to preach to them, but you get to love them. We are the church and we can't love anyone else until we learn to love the Lord first because it's in him that gives us the strength to do everything else. We don't have the capacity to do what God can do in and through us. We're here on this earth for a purpose. And I love when Jesus followed up and added to that first part of scripture. And he said to love your neighbor as yourself. And that's the second greatest. These two are the greatest commandments. These are not a wish list. They're not something that the Lord just says, well, here's an option for you. If you said yes to Jesus and, and God is on the throne, this is a commandment to love your Lord, your God, with everything and your neighbor. No matter what their beliefs or their stance, can we love them? We're the church and we love God with everything and we take on his characteristics. We were created with his, in his image and his likeness. Christ came to seek and save the lost, and now we get to do the same. And it starts by loving God and loving others, and the bigger picture is that there are people that have yet to hear. You don't have to argue with them. You don't have to agree with them. But we are commanded to love them. And I think about when we sing songs, when we sing worship. I wonder how many times we really listen to the words and we really believe in them. You know, it's so easy to go through the motions of worship. And it's so easy to be a two-faced Christian. And that sounds harsh, but the reality is, if we don't fully understand and we're just going through the motions, where we sing praises to the king and we say, you're enough, God. All I need is you. And then in one moment, the next moment, we're complaining that, God, where are you? How come my life is like this? And how come this is happening? And it's not going to be a perfect life. Not yet, anyway. It will be. But we are carriers of his spirit. We're carriers of his spirit. If he reigns the throne of your life, you are not of the kingdom of the world. You're a part of God's kingdom. We can't pick and choose. We're either all in or not. Now, there are going to have moments where we fall. That's true. But I'm saying to be intentional about your devotion to God. And when we sing songs, understand that you are giving the king praise, that you're exalting him, the God of the universe, the living God, the creator that calls you by name, that knows you by name, 
knows every part of you in and out and still chooses to love you fully and completely beckons us as the church to be his ambassadors in a world that desperately needs him. You might be the only Jesus your family encounters. Love them. So we're going to close with this song. And I want you to know that you are... You are a royal priesthood. We, the church, his children. So you can go ahead and close your Bibles, close your notes. Wherever you are, whether you're online or here, you can stand and worship if you want. You can kneel and pray if you want. You can just sit and just have that moment with the Lord. But I want you to really hear the words of this song. I want you to connect with God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Let's take time to really say how much you love him.
to us the areas that we have not put you on the throne as your children as followers of your son Jesus Lord may your spirit be poured out upon your church may your spirit be poured out upon your children may your spirit be carried out by, by those of us who proclaim your name who say yes to you as our Lord and as our God, for you are one. And we love you, Lord, with everything we have. And may our feet be established on that truth and be carried out for your purpose and carrying out your will. So, Father, we thank you we honor you. We praise you. May you be exalted. And Lord, may we show, may we love you and love others the way you have asked us and commanded us to do so. May we continually explore your word and apply it to our lives, not just our minds, not just our hearts, not just our souls, not just our strength, but everything together. Empower us, Father, with your spirit. Let it be poured out and may it go and reach every inch of this world that needs you. There are so many people that are lost. Strengthen your church, Lord, for such a time as this. Give us the strength to carry out your spirit and proclaim your name because we want as many people on that plane, our loved ones, our friends, our family, and even those that we don't even know. We give you all the praise and we give you all the glory and we are expecting great things because you are a great God and your wind is blowing because we are your church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>